Jordan and Logan are bringing order to the galaxy. Every week here on The Pod Awakens, we will be discussing batches of episodes of Star Wars The Clone Wars in chronological order. The Pod Awakens presents Chronological Clone Wars, a rewatch series. Hello and welcome to The Pod Awakens presents Chronological Clone Wars. Uh, my name is Jordan and with me on this journey through his first ever watch, Logan Stump. Everybody, how's it going? Happy, happy belated Thanksgiving if you celebrate it or happy, whatever, happy, happy. Yeah, we just launched <laughs> uh, the day before Thanksgiving and yeah. uh, we're continuing our, our watch here. Our watch has not ended. Um, we are on week two which is the Clone Wars animated film. Uh, so if you are listening out of order, um, go back, listen to first week uh, where we talked season two, episode 16 and season one, episode 16 and uh, join us. Or if you want to listen in non-chronological order, then you are starting at the right episode because this was the first thing released uh, that we're going to talk about here. This is Star Wars, the Clone Wars. Not to be confused with Star Wars, The Clone Wars, the TV show, but Star Wars, The Clone Wars, animated film, directed by Dave Filoni, written by Henry Gilroy, Stephen Melching, Scott Murphy, and uh, it released August 15th, 2008 in the United States, and has like a 98 minute uh, runtime. So not bad, made $68 million in the box office on an eight and a half million budget so uh made some money wasn't of course the biggest uh release you know people really kind of gave this some really bad reviews uh in in fact it started with an 18 percent on rotten tomatoes Ooh. yeah um average rating of 4.2 out of 10 as well the cinema score was b minus which is not great and entertainment weekly Listed it as one of the worst five worst films of 2008. <laughs> Jeez. And this is where people really started to. This is the introduction of Ahsoka, of course, which we'll get to. But uh, this is where people really started to hate uh, Ahsoka and hate on uh, a lot of the characters here. She eventually becomes a fan favorite, we know, from her growth over the series. But. Just funny how that has kind of changed. The narrative around Ahsoka has even changed uh, at this point. Um, I have not watched this since I think I bought the DVD in 2008. Like, whenever I watch the show, I just kind of always skip the movie because, like, for me, I had it in a separate disc somewhere. And then, of course, when they add it to streaming, it's se separated from the show. So, um, just haven't really watched it since probably 2008, 2009. And to be honest, it's. It's not bad. I don't understand why it got so much hate, but uh, there you go. I mean, that's the background to the animated film and kind of um, a much maligned feature, I guess you would say. And uh, that, I guess, still hasn't really changed. I think people have come around more on the show than they have on this. But really, this is like, I think they said just four episodes uh, mixed together as a movie um and it felt like that you know you kind of have the first part of the arc on 
uh, Christophsis, and then you continue the um, the arc uh, with the Jabba's son um, part. But I, I guess Logan, uh, I'm trying to find the. <laughs> I'm kind of stalling, which is why I'm talking so much. I'm trying to find it on Disney Plus so I can say what the um, synopsis was. Oh, here it is. Okay. Oh, well, okay. It's a very short synopsis. Disney Plus likes to keep it brief. Anakin Skywalker and Ahsoka Tano rescue the son of Jabba the Hutt. That's the synopsis for the movie. Um, what was your initial thoughts on the Clone Wars movie? And... Yeah, let's start with that. Well, first of all, spoiler alert. Thanks, Disney Plus. <laughs> um, yeah, because Java Sun part. I mean, like it, <laughs> yeah. it's said in the opening, but like, yeah, you know, it, it is kind of like a later part of the story in this. Yeah. Um, no, I, I enjoyed it. Um, it's interesting because I, I was thinking about this when I was watching it the first time because I looked up when it came out in 2008 was the big uh, housing crash and people weren't really going to the movie. So that to me. You know, that's a pretty decent amount of money that it made. Um, like you said, it probably wasn't, um, well, it definitely wasn't one that kind of hit my radar. I, I didn't even know when it was out. I couldn't tell you when I, if I remembered it or not. Um, and which was interesting because, you know, I, I'd watched the the lead up. So I would watch the prequels and I'd, I'd seen, um, right. you know, Phantom and um, Clone War or uh, Clone Wars, uh, Attack of Clones. So again, I, I, I find it interesting that this wasn't as big at the time, but I guess, I don't know. It, it seems like, I mean, honestly, this kind of, I, I guess, artwork and this kind of film would uh, probably do a lot better nowadays than it did back then. I don't know. I don't know why I feel like that it would have done better, um, you know, 15 years later, but I did see that. That was interesting. Um, somebody, I was like looking at TikToks on this and somebody was like, I can't believe that this is 15 years old. Um, and that will make me old, I guess. <laughs> yeah, 15 years old already, this this movie. Um, that's the odd part, too, is kind of like 2008. I'm like, 10 years ago, right? Yeah, no, 15 years ago yeah. at this rate. Um, but yeah, so also I mentioned this last week as well, but this is the only one where you're going to get uh, like Christopher Lee as Dooku, Samuel Jackson as Mace Windu. Um, everyone else has kind of played and even, uh, um, yeah. So everybody else is kind of, uh, you know, voice doubles. That's what I would say. And in the next episodes, when we do get around to seeing Dooku or Mace Windu, they will have their voice double instead of a, uh, instead of their, um, usual actor. But I guess because it was, a theatrical release they were like hey let's let's try to go out I mean, that's probably a good chunk of the eight mil probably is to samuel jackson and christopher lee <laughs> um but you know they just they didn't have to even record that many lines actually dooku's not in it too too much and mace is is barely in it so um nice of them to be able to reprise their role for the for the animated film um yeah so this movie so I think now I think people might understand why this comes chronologically third, because those first two episodes are the build up to the Christophsis mission that we then see in this movie. Um, you know, the, the first one, if we want to revisit that real quick was, 
uh, Cat and Mouse with Admiral Trench and them trying to get the aid to the planet of Christophsis. Then the next episode was the one with the traitor, Hidden Enemy, where they were again on Christophsis. And you have Asajj Ventress, who I guess leaves at this point and then goes, kidnaps Jabba's son. And then Obi-Wan and Anakin kind of pick up here in this, where they are still assisting with Christophsis. Um, and have now again lost kind of communication with everybody. And this causes Yoda to say, I'm going to pack somebody up for a road trip. Ahsoka, get in here. You're going to go deliver this message. Hand deliver it, uh, pretty much, where she appears. And we learn that, uh, this is something I totally forgot, by the way. We learn that Obi-Wan had asked for a new apprentice. And he was thinking Ahsoka would be his. But Ahsoka says, I was sent here by Master Yoda to be Anakin Skywalker's apprentice. Which I really liked because I liked his reaction and Obi-Wan's reaction is like chuckling and everybody's having a good time and you kind of forget that Anakin's going to kill everybody in uh, just a few years. But, <laughs> but, um, on over it. yeah, yeah. But, you know, this was a um, fun introduction to the character, I, I, I thought. What was your impression here? I know you just saw the show Ahsoka, you've seen her in The Mandalorian, but this is kind of, um, a little bit of a so now you know the characters this is not a brand new character for you but maybe a different uh she has a little bit of a different attitude she's young she's kind of spunky back then yeah she has incredible uh resemblance i think to anakin and the way that he operates and it's funny because i think anakin gets annoyed with her throughout the movie um, yeah, and Obi Wan's like, well, and, you know, now you know what I'm dealing with, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, but at least Ahsoka, I feel like Ahsoka is, I don't know, I feel like Ahsoka is much more talented. I feel like Anakin kind of bumbles and stumbles his way through. Um, I always felt like Ahsoka was much more talented, and she seems to have a better head on her shoulders. And I don't know, it's just funny to me. Um, I was listening to um, the Star Wars Explained people talk about it too, and they were like you know what would be a good idea? Let's give Anakin a Padawan. <laughs> After Obi-Wan's probably had conversations of like, the kid's like temperamental, he doesn't listen to direction, you know, and then Yoda's like, you know what would be a good idea? <laughs> so, um, It makes I sense, guess... though. I, th I think I can kind of see what Yoda's trying to do, right? Yeah. Is thrust some sort of responsibility mm -hmm. on Anakin. And if you're worried about somebody, it's, I, I think Yoda's approach is the opposite of Mace's approach. Like Mace's yes. approach is we're going to put you on the council, but we won't grant you the rank of master. While Yoda's like, I'm going to thrust this Padawan on you and you're going to learn. Um, so it's a little different. Yeah. I feel like, like what you said, I think, I think Mace was much more, I think he's inclined to think that Anakin's, come from a dark past he's got in and i think mace can sense his anger and his there's like a hesitancy and there's it always feels like and it is it's true they always kept anakin kind of at arm's length they didn't really i don't know i, I don't feel like any of them trusted him um and i i think they've all sensed it since he's had the test run on anakin um and i think even obi-wan and, and phantoms kind of like this kid's got special abilities but i do think that this you know, he's got tendencies um, of the dark side. And, it, and there's that constant feeling of that. Whereas Ahsoka kind of is more of like that rebel teen where she's spunky. She's going to, you know, she's going to smart talk you. She's going to, you know, talk back to you. 
um, which I think she does with Anakin. Um, but I don't know. I, I really like this. This is exciting because uh, introducing Ahsoka, she's become one of my favorite characters in the Star Wars universe. So I think getting to see this side of her and when she's younger, uh, I think is a lot of fun. Yeah, and she's, um, you know, I, I, she's smart too. Like, uh, you know, when she is coming up with ideas, oh, we got to take the generator down. And everybody's kind of like, eh, I don't know about that. But then Anakin's like, oh, I hate to say this, but like, she's right. You know, like it pains Anakin to say, I actually agree with her. This is the way that I would have said. So she kind of has that same, like, I don't know, maverick quality um, that Anakin has without as much of the uh, attitude in the sense of, you know, she hasn't had the dark history that, that Anakin has had. And when we talk about, you know, maybe the mistakes the prequels made, not like that George made, I'm talking about like the characters made as they were trying to avoid the empire. It's tough to think, okay, how would you handle this? Because remember when they're introduced to Anakin, he's already nine years old. He's already missing his mom. He's already separated from his mother comes as a slave. And they sense great fear in him. And they they're being told his midichlorian count is higher than master Yoda's, which means he has so much immense potential. I can understand why people like Mace or maybe some of the other council members are like, let's not give this guy everything, right? Because we need to keep an eye on him. But also you might be able to argue that the way that they treat him is what causes him to go down the path as it is, right? Like when you are granting him the council, but not giving him the rank of master, it feels as another slight to him where he's like, almost like you said, Anakin, where it's like, you've never trusted me. And the reason he never trusted him is because of the prophecy and his, you know, uh, which is said he's supposed to save everybody, right? Bring balance to the force. But they're also worried that he's just too old because they have this rigid belief of how old you can be at a certain time. And we kind of see it come back around in Empire Strikes Back when Yoda tells Obi-Wan, you know, I can't train him. He's too old. Talking about Luke. Luke's 19. He's 10 years older than what uh, Anakin was when he started. Um. So I like kind of seeing that. I can kind of see what Yoda's thinking like, okay, I'm going to give him some responsibility. Maybe he'll learn to grow up. Uh, you know, Anakin's whole idea of, I don't want a Padawan yet. Cause I just feel they'll slow me down. Right. He's at that point where he's still so cocky and he still thinks he is, you know, kind of like man's God's gift to man here is kind of how Anakin feels. And, you know, Ahsoka is going to humble him a little bit. He realizes what a pain he probably was to Obi-Wan as he's dealing with uh, dealing with Ahsoka. Um, okay, so yes, Yoda sends Ahsoka to become Anakin's uh, Padawan. They're like, there must be some mistake. We'll clear it up when we, when we get back, right? When we can talk to Yoda. But then during this, they actually have to use Ahsoka and her skills to help overcome this. And Anakin's plan here, which she doesn't like, is to just hide behind, underneath this rubble as the shield generator goes over top of them. And then they'll be inside the shield and can go and easily disrupt it. Um, this is a thing that is very cartoon in the Clone Wars, right? They are underneath of this cover. Then they get up and start walking with it like 
in movies where they're walking in a canoe or something. Um, but it works, you know, it works and they're able to stop the generator. But um, then Obi-Wan is usually left with, uh, he's, he's helping out Captain Rex, uh, who is, you know, we, we've known him before from the last episode when they're looking for the spy. And Rex and Obi-Wan are trying to kind of put up their own frontal attack while they're waiting for Anakin to take down the shield. And there's kind of like this race, Logan, of we need to get the shield down before it gets all the way to these like three cannons we have, because those cannons are going to take out the tanks. Uh, Which is a little convoluted, I think, because the tanks probably could have just came inside the shield and then destroyed them anyway. So I don't really understand what the issue was there, unless they were worried they were going to destroy the tanks. I mean, destroy the cannons before they could use them or something. But uh, most of this is just a heavy action-based little portion of the movie. What was your thoughts on the little skirmish we get here with, uh, with this? Yeah, I think this part, this part to me was the the, the one critique I had because I get the action piece of it, but I'm also like, okay, I, I get it. Um, it's kind of a way to introduce Ahsoka into this, and you know, they're they're protecting, um, I guess, showing maybe what the Clone Wars were all about. You know, you need some of the battles that exist to, to be kind of part of that story arc. But I don't know this part. I, I honestly, this was my least favorite part of the whole episode. Um, because as it gets going, I think I like it better when it's more conflict in between characters, and then there's yeah. a lot of, you know, getting the upper hand on people. Um, so, yeah, the Kristoffus yeah, no. part takes a bit. I feel like to get going. Yeah, it does. And, and once yeah. you get to the more Jabba son part, it gets it picks yeah. up a bit. Um, yeah, we even have Obi Wan do this stalling tactic, right, where he surrenders, and then they're having like he's like, "I need a refreshment," and they're drinking together and. You know, he is just really trying to stall while Anakin is taking down the generator. I like this, though, when the, you know, the bad guy is like, hey, you're stalling. And he's like, I'm sorry. I just thought the shield would be down by now. And then right after that, the shield comes down. He's like, oh, there we are. Uh, And then they, you know, when Yoda comes up, he's like, there's no mistake. Anakin is having a Padawan. Which, again, I say I get, but also don't know if you just want to thrust this on somebody. It's kind of like handing somebody a kid. Like, hey, I know you talked about not ever wanting kids, but do I got a five-year-old for you right now? <laughs> yeah, it really <laughs> is. hand them over. Yeah. Not even no. a five-year-old. Give you a preteen. That's even worse. Right. I was going to say, a kid <laughs> that you don't want, a, a totally uh, a responsibility that you didn't want, and now you have because... And an angsty team, like one that's uh, always yeah. looking for something to do and get her nose in. So, yeah, no, that's a pretty good analogy there. Uh, so we learn that Dooku is trying to get a partnership with the Huts, and Dooku's big brain idea is to get a good idea to get a good relationship with the Huts is to steal their son. Now you're like, how would that work? Well, Dooku has the most I would say most convoluted plan, right? Of I'm going to steal the kid. They're going to send Jedi to save the kid. And then we're going to kill the kid. But 
tell them that Jedi killed the kid. So that way we get the upper hand. And it fails spectacularly, by the way. I don't know if it was said on this, but... So Jabba's kid is sick, right? At some point. Did they, like, poison him so that way it would kill them slowly in the hands of the Jedi? Because that's the only thing I could I could think of. Somebody said it's because he went from Tatooine to Teth, and he was in dry climate to cold wet climate i don't know like that huh. that's the theory that i heard <laughs> like i looked it up too because i thought maybe they poisoned him and then i learned that he was 55 because huts i think are so like baby yoda yeah he's 55 and they said that up until they're 50 they live in their parents's pouch like so that's i don't know like it's it's very strange to me um I tried not to wrap my head around it because I was like, well, I guess he's just sick and <laughs> he's coming home from daycare. I don't know. I have no idea what how he got sick, but let's I'm guessing he's from Tatooine and he got sick because it was dry climate to wet, but that's not as fun. Let's say he poisoned him. Dooku used the force and tried to kill Rhoda. Okay, so there's some conflicting information. So I looked up on Wikipedia. In Hyperspace Story 6, which is, I don't know, a little story that's meant for little short stories, uh, it is revealed that Rada was recently born. Uh, The events take place right before the Clone Wars film. But in a StarWars.com blog post, Rata is described as 55 years old. This article gives precedent to Hyperspace Story 6 and assumes the age given in the blog post is an error. So, who knows how how old he is. Uh, Apparently, StarWars.com can't even figure it out. So, he is either 55 or recently born. But, uh, anywhere in that age range. This was funny. Joy, I caught her up on the last two that we watched, and then we watched this movie together. And, it, you know, Jabba the Hutt is mentioned quite a few times in this. And she's like, what? Like, Jabba from the original trilogy? And I'm like, yeah, Jabba the Hutt. She's like, so his kid is going to become Jabba the Hutt? And I was like, no, that is Jabba the Hutt. She's like, so it's the same Jabba? He's got to be really old. And I was like, uh, I mean, he's, you know... I don't know how old Jabba is, but if you just take from episode, he appears in episode one as well, Phantom Menace at the Tatooine uh, pod race. And that is what, like 30 years before a new hope. So then, I mean, it's only like a span of 35, 40 years until we see him in return of the Jedi. So, I mean, that that's reasonable. That's reasonable. Now, if we take the blog post, and say Rata is 55, then yes, Java is way old enough to have, uh, you know, that's the thing too. Like, I think sometimes people say things like when you look at ages, you look at it from human life expectancy. Um, and you just can't Yoda is 900 years old, which means a hut can obviously be at a different age as well, because they might age differently. But, uh, 
just fun that like she could not wrap her mind around that. And then like when we see Mace Windu, she's like, that's is that Samuel L. Jackson's character? And I'm like, yes, that's Mace Windu. <laughs> um, you know, she's getting used to the name still. You know, we, we don't watch. She doesn't watch it that much, but she decided she's going to watch these Clone Wars with uh, uh, with me. Um, so the next part of this is really. Obi-Wan is supposed to go negotiate with Jabba to promise the safe return of his son, while Anakin is going to go to Teth with the clones to rescue Rata. Jabba has sent his own bounty hunters that all arrive with their heads on a platter back to Tatooine and gets Jabba really, really upset. I guess my question for you is I'm so used to in the movies when Jabba is talking, the subtitles, they do not put those on here. We wait for the droid to, to reply and translate. Did that throw you at all? Did you pick that up as well? Because for me, I usually am like, when I hear the hut tease of Jabba speaking, I'm usually reading and then I'm like waiting, like, okay, tell me what he said. Um, so it was very different. I'm one of those people, though, that, like, I think it helps that the droid does it because I'm one of those people that whenever captions come on or subtitles, I agree to those and I don't actually pay attention to what's going yes, on. Yeah. It's very hard. <laughs> um, so, uh, but, yeah, no, it, it is kind of weird. I didn't even think of that, um, that that's what was happening. And I'm assuming because it's for kids that, that yes. they're, like, they're not going to be able to read that. We'll have the droid translate it. So. Right. It's a pretty good idea. Um it would yeah, that would save from having to read. So I'm all for it, I guess. That's the English teacher. The <laughs> <laughs> I just meant that I get very distracted. Like <laughs> I will say, there are times whenever I watched Game of Thrones that I had to turn subtitles on because some of their accents are so thick. I'm like, what did they say? <laughs> so yeah, I am no, I strictly anti subtitles. I am too usually. Unless it's like a really thick accent. Like I know Matt has to have them on. Yeah, I can't do that. No, I'd get, and a lot I of people nowadays will just like know. be like, hey, All of them. I see memes like, hey, we w- we watch subtitles in this house, uh, you know, and I'm like, no, I, I can't watch a show with you then because my eyes get diverted to it. Now, the only thing I'll say with that is one of my favorite shows is called Dark. It's on Netflix. It is German. And I watched the German with the English subtitles and I got used to it. I got used to it. But, um, you know, when it's in English, I don't want the subtitles in English. The only time I'll do that is like if my dog is for some reason losing his mind and I'm like, I'm not pausing this. So I am going to put the subtitle on and we're going to keep keep moving along. But usually I'll pause and wait for him to calm down instead. I will say uh, the one thing that distracts me about that, like I cannot watch, I I have done it before um, a show that was, that was dubbed over in English and it was Spanish because their lips don't match up. That bugs the crap. That's why I had to go subtitles. And plus also like the the performances are so much better in the native language because it's it's their language, you know, like it's the expression and the words match up. Yes. Yeah. There's times where it's like, that was very dramatic for what they said. Yeah. But it's not translated. They're just like, I'm going to the store. But like the, yeah. the person in German is like, I'm yeah. going to the store, you know, right. like if it, it doesn't match the same cadence. Yep. Yeah. Um, by the way, go watch Dark, everybody. Uh, turn that on Netflix. Uh, but anyway, we are moving along. Jabba's son is 
stolen Anakin and Ahsoka are going to rescue Rata, who is falling ill. And then they discover that Dooku has led them into a trap and has staged the kidnapping in order to for the Huts to blacklist the Jedi and try to get the Separatists to gain supports from the Huts. Um, Anakin and Ahsoka do escape, but Asajj Ventress and... Uh, uh, is trying to go through, like, I don't know how to describe this. They're trying to get through a door, Asajj's. And the clones are going to hold them off while then Anakin and uh, Ahsoka are able to escape through a different entry point. They jump on these, like, large dragonflies and uh, get over to a real junker of a ship that they're going to take um, with them to Tatooine. Uh, they come across so many obstacles while they're trying to get this baby back to Tatooine. But how about Padme? We get a Padme storyline here. And she is like, I'm going to go to Jabba's uncle. Everybody knows who Jabba's uncle is, right? Zero the Hut. Um, <laughs> and Zero uh kind of captures Padme and then we find out Zero is behind it as well because Dooku has threatened Zero the Hut with something and uh Padme is detained. So your thoughts on Zero the Hut here? I, I know some people can kind of go different ways with this whole Jabba having a family storyline because it kind of humanizes him and people don't like that. And then also you have just the fact that Jabba is so well known, which a lot of people don't like, you know, because it makes the world maybe feel a little a little smaller. And then for Padme to even know, hey, Jabba's uncle is right here on Coruscant. Let me go to Zero. Did this work for you at all? Did you like Zero the Huts and and all this? I, I get why they did it, because they're like, how can we kind of let these characters know that something's up, and Padme can step in and kind of use her power to try to convince the huts because that would normally how it would go in star Wars. It seems like there's multiple players involved um, and really understanding what's going on, but I didn't really care for the character much. Like, I feel like they could have used someone else. Um, I don't know, but it, it would have been interesting to kind of see, um, you know, how they kind of play to, um, I guess, job is more human side. I don't know. Like job has got family, Job is not just this bounty collector or whatever he might. What is he? What is he exactly? Is he a bounty like just a crime so lord? Okay, I, I right? don't know whether I he was like a bounty hunter. Would... Or... Uh, no, I think he's just like a. I would just say a crime lord, right? Yeah, he, he's like got a crime control. Boss. Yeah, he's like the head of the mafia, and then he has the bounty hunters do his yeah. business. And uh, what does Jabba? What does Boba call himself in the Book of Boba Fett? The uh... oh, that's gonna kill me. The uh, I have to look this up now because I, I guess that's what Java is. So Boba Fett calls him this. No, like Boba Fett calls himself this when he takes over Java's spot. Oh, what does he call himself? Yeah, I don't know. I can't remember. It's like a, uh, it's like a different. I think it's like a Japanese word or a. Uh, do they have titles for him? Oh, the Daimo. Yes, that's Daimo yeah. of Tatooine. So I don't yeah. know if that means that's what Jabba is, or or not. But he's definitely the crime boss of Tatooine of spe- specifically like Mos Eisley. 
area. Um, but yeah, so perfect place to raise a family. <laughs> Are we eventually going to get a, a hut show? <laughs> Just a bunch of bubble. Oh my out. god, yeah, because remember <laughs> we have H- Java's cousins show up in Book of Boba Fett, right? right? I think that's what they're going to play to. They're they're building the, the hut universe. <laughs> yes. It's going to be a bunch of hop, 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 hop. <laughs> That'll be the worst movie ever. <laughs> just Guys, I'll be sore. Oh, yeah, I'll just be struggling. Uh, yeah, we get Padme then, and she gets detained. I, I really like this part when her phone starts ringing. It's, you know, her comm link, whatever. But it's essentially a phone. And Padme is so smart here to be like, no, don't touch that. Don't answer that. Don't touch that. And knowing that they will. And then uh, <laughs> it shows... Um, we talked about Splash Mountain before, and it's kind of like Frere Rabbit being like, don't yeah. throw me in that briar patch. Right. But um, it works, and then C-3PO sees that she's in distress, and she's able to say, hey, get somebody over here. And then the clones go and do save her, and, and Zero gets arrested. And Padme kind of saves the day here when, when Luke, oh, I was going to say Luke, when Anakin is eventually brought to Jabba's palace. He fights Dooku before they get to Jabba's palace as they do the switch off, right? They do the switch off where originally he had Rata and they separate and you're led to believe that Dooku just killed the little hut. And then uh, it turns out he had a bag of rocks while Ahsoka has the hut and takes uh, Rata back to uh, Jabba. And, uh, there you go. And then right when everything is kind of falling apart, Padme is able to call and say, Hey, I got your uncle here on the phone. And he says that it was all Dooku. And Jabba's like, get this guy out of here. And uh, that's it pretty much for this, for the story. But we get, I kind of like that. We get a little bit of a different ending for this, where we get Padme doing something that kind of saves the day while she's off doing her own thing. I can kind of see why they picked these episodes for the movie, honestly, because you get every character, right? We get Padme, we get Anakin, we get Ahsoka, we get Obi-Wan, Yoda, Mace Windu, Count Dooku, Asajj Ventress, R2, 3PO. Like, we get every single character, and we even throw in Jabba and his son. Like, you get a lot of stuff in this uh, batches of four or five episodes that they released as a movie. And I think it works pretty well, Um, especially because it also introduces Ahsoka, uh, which is, I think the perfect way to kind of, if you're going to release something, not having it just be random batches of episodes, it's has a narrative structure. It felt more cinematic as well. I thought with the, like the intro felt longer and they were really setting the stage with the narrator of like, this is what's going on in this um, world right now. But yeah, I don't know. What was your thoughts on the, on the ending Padme saving the day? And it was it a good batch of episodes for a movie. Yeah, I think so. I think it does what it, I think the sole purpose of this whole thing was to try to show, I get, well, two things, Ahsoka and her now, um, what do you call it? A Padawan ship? <laughs> Apprenticeship. Apprentice, yeah. Right, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I think working her in with Anakin and showing their dynamic and the fact that I think they'll get along. Well, I mean, you know the show, um, but it feels like they are meant for each other as far as Master and Padawan, just because I feel like 
he's got tendencies that she does, but she does it in more of a way that's more beneficial. Whereas Anakin kind of goes, you know, you, you know what it kind of is, is it's kind of like, uh, you know, how, how a man, a man would act and how a woman would act. A woman would think through things. Uh, a man would just act on instinct and just go for it, even though it's probably wrong. <laughs> that's kind of what it reminds me of. It's like this bull in a China shop with Anakin, whereas Ahsoka thinks through it and Ahsoka's smarter than Anakin and has more inclination to do something that's right rather than Anakin. Anakin only sees it as, this is a challenge ahead of me and however I get to accomplish it means, you know, by any means I'll get it done, um, which is always kind of how he lived by. Um, so yeah, no, I, I love this. And then I think also just kind of showing the trade paths, right? The trade routes. Um, I think that's another big thing just because it Yeah, they're does. doing this just for a passage through the system, right? right? Like that's all they're doing it for. Yeah, because is... the huts own it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it, it shows just how expansive this is. Like that's what I love about Star Wars is that it's not just Jedi versus the Sith and then Jedi versus the Empire, yeah. um, Jedi versus the First Order. Like it's always, it's there's always something else going on, kind of like a World War would be where it's there's something else that's in the way. And, and the other thing too, is that like the, the most interesting dynamic of this whole movie is that once upon a time, Anakin belonged to the huts. So, you know, it, it, it shows an interesting dynamic because Anakin has to now work with the huts to save a hut that, you know, it, give that about a couple of years and Anakin would have killed that, that little child, <laughs> um, just sliced him in half. Yeah, he's his infant <laughs> mortality rate's really high. When we talk about <laughs> Anakin. Um, okay, so some things that I wanted to shout out here that I really liked in this movie is, of course, the B one battle droids killed it in this episode. They were definitely the comic relief for the for the kids. Um, but there was when they're trying to climb the mountain on Christophsis or whatever. Or no, I think it was, when was it? Yeah, I think it was then. They're trying to climb the mountain and you have like the the droid with like the yellow markings and is kind of like leading uh, the the other droids. But like a droid is saying something to him. He's like, shut up, Sergeant. Like, I just loved hearing a droid say that. And then when the droid fell, uh, he's like yelling down the, like, the side of the cliff like get back up here sergeant i'm like you know just just real stupid stuff that made me laugh uh then we also had ahsoka saying this is where the fun begins which of course is a line from anakin in episode three so i'm guessing he picked it up from her and then when he's talking to jabba he says mighty jabba which is exactly what luke calls him in episode six when he storms uh Jabba's palace. So I just thought it was really interesting that they kind of, you know, George Lucas meme of its poetry at it rhymes and stuff, but like having Anakin say some of the same things Luke says, and then having Ahsoka kind of say something that Anakin would say in a few years when she says this is where the fun begins. So kind of like that they were able to kind of carry some stuff over like that uh you said you like when it's not just jedi and sith and all that kind of stuff i think you're really gonna like the next episodes which i'm just gonna briefly say right now which ones we're watching so 
We started with season two, episode 16. We went to season one, episode 16. Then we watched the film. And now we are going to season three, episode one, Clone Cadets. Then we have season three, episode three, Supply Lines. And then we start with the very first episode of the show, season one, episode one, Ambush. So those are the three episodes we are watching for next week. Uh, Logan, so far, if you had to kind of rank, I know this is a little different because this is a movie compared to this, but like week one versus week two, what was more your style? What did you like more out of these type of things? Like which one? I think I would probably go with week one. I really like the droid political stuff. Um, I like, again, I, I do like when there's other aspects involved. Um, and I think it was heavier um, in the first week that we've covered. Um, whereas this one felt more Dooku and then you had um, the Jedi. And, and uh, I think that, you know, it's cool to see Ahsoka introduced. Um, but I, I still feel like, like the movie I felt myself less interested in than the first week. Like the first week I was digging both episodes. Um, I thought they were interesting. And, and maybe because of the length of the movie. Um, but the start wasn't great for the movie. So I thought, you know, it, it kind of loses your attention and then it gains it back um, because it does get more interesting as it goes. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm a fan of the, I, I love both of them. Um, but I think that um, week one probably takes the cake. What about you? Um, Yeah, I, I think week one was stronger too, just because it was 40 minutes. You know, we doubled the length of it this time, which means you had a little bit more lulls, like some of the Christophsis stuff. Um, just wanted to share this too. This is from Ahsoka, obviously. This is, you know, what she looks like when she appears in uh, Ahsoka the show, but when they go back to, you know, the world between worlds and she has the visions of going to Christophsis, we get to see her and we get to see Hayden Christensen wearing the armor, right? Like this is something that the Clone Wars show has where they're wearing armor. And then, you know, Captain Rex appearing on there too, but yeah, I mean, I think one thing that really helped week two, I think, was having Ahsoka. I think she brings the energy to the show and to the characters and kind of throwing off that Obi-Wan-Anakin dynamic, which we get to see in the first week, right, when we kind of focused on two episodes of just those two. And there will be more episodes throughout, I think, where you're going to see those two paired up again. But just kind of throwing a wrench in it, I think, is really fun in this week. And I'm really looking forward to week three when we get to some of these episodes which if you can't tell by the title clone cadets it's going to focus a lot on the clones which i think is something like you said in week one was very interesting when the clones are talking about being slaves to the republic and being born just to die and stuff like that and kind of focusing on you know seeing more of the clones story so i think that is really exciting for week three all right well Anything else? Did I miss anything? Any moments that jumped out to you before we head out? No. No, I'm excited to see what the next is about. I like the show so far. So, All right. So again, next week, Season 3, Episode 1, Season 3, Episode 3, and Season 1, Episode 1. So if you're following along with us, those are the ones. It's also in the show notes. I put a little spot that says next week, and I put what episodes are listed there. So make sure you are following along if you're going to listen along with us 
Have a great rest of your week. You can follow us at Pod Awakens on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Threads, all that good stuff. Uh, and enjoy the rest of your week. We will catch you next time.